Hello, most beautiful, beautiful soul. This is Claire and the Art of Life podcast. And this is part six, essentially, part two of a six-part podcast series on woman, art and sex. And this is part two of What is Sex? The other four podcasts, the two pairs have been What is Woman and What is Art? And these are two areas in which I have a lot of expertise. And the third area, I also have some significant mastery and uh, as an individual and as in, in sacred partnership. And I want to speak more deeply and intimately, which is why I'm doing an audio-only podcast from my bed in this old chapel, which I sleep in, in my house. Um, not a, a Northern European chapel, a, a Southern Italian medieval quarter chapel. Very particular space. Um, very blessed and very um, historically interesting in a house made of crystals, essentially. <laughs> a house built into the bedrock and built into the, the living landscape, the living Gaia Sophia. Um, very particular energy here and podcasting from one's bed or bath as I often do and from spaces in more at the back of the house uh, away from the wi-fi signal away from telephone signals or any other emfs that are coming in the front of the house not just being away from that but being deeper in under the ground effectively is very significant in terms of the energy that I'm tapping into, the energies that we tap into when we're communicating are really, really key. And maybe that's a good thread to start with around what our unique voice of sex really is, like what the true purpose of sex is. Hint, it's not just for making babies or for unabandoned pleasure or for peak orgasm. Um, but the very nature of sex in terms of our holistic identity and that which is beyond the body, mind and spirit, even uh, an integrated whole body, mind and spirit through integrated sexual identity can comprehend that we are individually and collectively part of a much greater panoramic whole which is essentially infinite. Um, that basic concept, like that basic idea, can be conceptualised, but it has to be embodied to be really known. And even using the English front-of-tongue language to communicate that as a, a word pattern... Um, it might resonate through the brain in a really pleasurable way, the idea of infinite or embodied. But really the journey into the into the full into full presence in the body and and thus in the body, mind and spirit is is one that sex can be the gateway into, um, both as identity and as act of love making, the making of love the making of more than the sum of the parts energetically 
um, this it can be a gateway, but it can equally be a trap. And that's what I was elaborating somewhat in the first of these two um, sharings around what is sex. I was elaborating on how we've been tricked into seeing sex both as our gender identity and as our act of copulation. We've been made to relate to it in a greatly diminished and reduced form, reductified, <laughs> reductionist form, so that the word then triggers in us this relationship to sex, both to our own identity and to our coming into sacred union with a, another. We're made to, we're entrained, conditioned, programmed to see that as something, a very minimal metaphor for what it really is. But that metaphor, we see that as real and solid. And again, like many things in our mainstream or conventional reality, we see them as like, that is real, but that is reality. And we'll defend it. We will defend it to the death, to our own torture and diminishment and displeasure. We will defend it and defend it and defend it to the extent that we will regularly go to a gynaecologist or a doctor and be surveilled, tortured, measured, put through great amounts of pain and discomfort and have contracts imprinted further and further that we are separate from our body that our body is not us that our body isn't under our authority or sovereignty and that it in fact is completely defective and that's as I was speaking to in the first of these two discussions that is our downfall and at the same time that knowing that and knowing what we're actually doing when we're doing that and what knowing what we're doing when our lose when we're losing our energy through sex or th or through sexual identity like our limitation is one sex that is simply us letting go of our sovereignty so that we don't have to think about it so that we don't have to wrestle with it and and deal with the really really fundamental questions of what we are and deal with our real identity and the hard hard work of becoming self of being in in this reality at this time to be the full self that we're meant to be at the same time as the whole world is waking up um so again we're always suffering because we're getting a payoff there is no suffering without a payoff. The payoff of suffering is to not have to think or not to have to feel or not have to know and to be in a, a comfortable static form of life as if we're sitting in a chair with a seatbelt on and we're all strapped in and someone else is driving the bus or aeroplane, whatever vehicle we're, we see ourselves as being in. And the releasing of ourselves from that uh, seat, as it were, is an incredibly uncomfortable thing to do at first but once we get into this path of discovery and and oneness and release and and real identity and delving into the union 
the true sacred union that we're meant to be in and manifesting and participating in, in a living manner, not in that dead, static, still having somebody else drive reality. The, the difference is phenomenal, is, is very significant. And it's also like the difference between pain, separation, suffering, anguish, anxiety, neuroses, and tense pleasure, surface pleasure, um, immediate pleasure, things that we can grasp at and grab. The difference between that and the blissful union of being in harmony with life as a as a state of being, and and again I'm using that word in the the largest sense of the word state, as in a state of bliss, not in state meaning stasis or static or still, and meaning a, a living state of being, beingness, a state of living beingness being in a living state, it's a, a huge difference and it's a hugely nicer, more pleasurable, more fulfilling and more beautiful and, and obviously harmonious state of being and existence, experience. <laughs> so as I spoke about in the first of these two podcasts and as I've spoken about in the other four, um, this woman, art and sex, the, I, I feel that this is always, I've always been podcasting about this journey into self and the journey inwards is the same as the journey outwards. It, it Like we have to go inwards and outwards at the same time in the same way that our energy goes up our body and down our body. And anything that's telling us that it's one or the other is part of the polemic, part of the separation. Not just the separation, but the, the pitching of one aspect of self against the other aspect of self. And saying that one is right with a small r, not right with a large r, as in absolute truth. But one thing is right with a small r, and the other therefore has to be discounted or... Um, navigated away from um, and yeah as I was speaking in the previous podcast here I, I really want to try and try <laughs> here endeavour to delve into what it really is to inhabit sex as the infinite bounty that it is the infinite power vitality pleasure fulfilment and co-creative reality that, that it is, like the expansive creative reality, rather than the, the reality of peak orgasm, conflicting relationship, unsymbiotic, polemic relationship, and polemic unresolved friction between yin and yang within self, the masculine and feminine within the self. Moving from one to the other 
can be a lifetime journey and yet it also can be um not a not a, a way it's not that we can take shortcuts but there certainly are ways of if not hacking life but certainly um getting some guidance on the path and just getting the general idea of the way we're going so i i have a, an approach in my life if i'm learning something new whereby i might look at a pattern i might look at several patterns for a kind of clothing i want to make um i might look at a general um description of a plant that i might want to grow i might um even skim over a recipe just look at what the ingredients are but not the measurements and then i will get the general feeling of the method and how to do a thing and then i'll i'll go and do it in my unique way and i feel that if there's anything that i can transmit it's it's that approach rather than methodically being taught something um and I do feel that this is a really important important part of our evolution that we're able to move away from taking things literally and taking directions from external authorities, as it were. Um, and especially around both sex and sexual identity and sexual union um, and sacred sexual reality. Sacred sexuality is such a distorted phrase I don't feel that I can really use that here um, it's been really hijacked and used to as an umbrella term for for many essentially perpetuating patriarchal and feminine victim female victim roles the the patriarchal oppressive force and stealing the energy of the feminine and the feminine and victim, I can't do this, um, I'm too weak, dynamic. So just stepping away from that language for a minute, I'm trying to get to a language that, that really fits what I can transmit. And that in itself, like that that activity of, of trying to speak or, or endeavouring to speak in a language that actually, accurately and actually portrays like allows the thing to flow up and through me come through my throat has has a it's a great metaphor for what what sex really is that it's not something down there it's not about a mechanical process or practice of bringing oneself to or being brought to peak orgasm it can be infinitely more than that and the way it can be more than that and the way our even our identity with ourselves as a gender can be so much more than that is always through sentience and through letting go of any attachment and oh, it sounds it sounds really airy fairy sounds really sort of spiritual talk I'm getting into now but yeah the lack of attachment again that that to me is like a really unhelpful word. It's a word that's all about separation. Like to think of a, attachment as a thing and then be guided into not being 
connected with attachment. It, it seems it's a really perverse kind of idea. But rather than describe what a detachment or lack of attachment actually is, I think it really helps. Like if I describe what my letting go has been, it's been a long journey and it's been a long winding messy load of mistakes and wrestling with things in a really unproductive way rather than wrestling to the point of of beautiful dancing feng shui and (laughs) and uh, tai chi gong or whatever the thing is kung fu um the the mastery um that comes from wrestling well shall we say wrestling with one's own neuroses and wrestling within relationship is ultimately it has to be done and even the the real separation friction conflict can always lead ultimately to a state of bliss and harmony because no matter what state we're in no matter where we are no matter what microclimate we live in a bit like with permaculture it's all about working with what we have and what actually exists right now um i sense and in in my life experience and with the conditioning that i had growing up in the west of scotland going to art school in the city of glasgow and in edinburgh uh, living within the art world within the adult working life working in galleries um traveling around experiencing different cultures the conditioning that I got again and again and again and again as I was accepting what the world was throwing at me what the constructed world was throwing at me was always about reducing reductionist limitation and the more I accepted what was given to me or what was offered to me the no matter how well, I was making the choice from what was being offered to me, it was always the wrong choice. It was always the choice that ended in entanglement or friction or disappointment or loss or grief or war, essentially. Separation of two things that are then put against each other. And really, because our world, our constructed world, is constructed on that from the economy, religion, governments, health, etc, etc, education, because everything is built on that, we have to, to some degree, step out of it completely in order to recognise what our conditioning is and how it's limiting us and the fact that we're not going to find the answer to it in there through any agency, no matter how great and spiritual the agency seems, we're not going to find it unless we really get down to our what we're actually perceiving ourselves um and this is why it get this is why it seems such a roundabout way of talking around this because i'm trying to essentially say you know and if you if you don't know that you know then that's the problem that's all that's the only problem is that you think you don't know that's a thought that's not a reality you do actually know um you know how to liberate your soul you know how to live in union you know how to co-create And the path to that is what you're already doing that is co-creating and doing more of that and doing less of 
frictional, stressful, peak orgasm, seeking superficial pleasures, seeking material satisfaction, and more of the actually feeling into what is more than that. Um, and again, just it, this might sound a little abstract, and I'm trying to make it as solid and practical and real as I possibly can. The essence of everything that we're doing, everything that we are doing all day, every day, every act, every movement of our finger or flick of our hair or feeling under our sole of our foot, everything that we're doing can be reassessed, but not in an analytical way, but can have our presence brought into it. And then when we do that, things like our identity as a gender or a sex, in inverted commas, things like the act of sex, become a completely different thing. We see those acts and those identities as part of a whole which is much bigger and we see how that whole will essentially loop around each time in a more powerful and harmonious and spiralling upwards, spiralling outwards as well as spiralling downwards and inwards reality. Um, we will become bigger we will become softer and wider and taller and easier. Um, and I'm, I'm daring to walk into this. I know that uh, this might sound really abstract, um, even really problematic. I remember hearing some blogger criticise, some famous blogger on YouTube criticised for being, he's just talking round and round in circles, like it just doesn't make any sense. And I thought... That's what I love about it. He's talking round in circles. <laughs> That's so perfect. That's what we need, which is, again, the feminine. Rather than talking in lines and squares and boxes, we're talking in circles and we're spiralling around and we might never get to a point, a destination. It might be about the spiralling around. And I sense that that is a way into our divine union in every sense is is our ability to spiral around and find the way that we naturally go, which will not be found by us being driven or grasping or working linearly. Um, there has to be a balance of all of that. So we, we still function in the physical world, but we are empowered and infused, infused and infused with this divine flaming river <laughs> of light <laughs> I'm trying to think of something that's a, a symbol that's all of the elements in one and I kind of think a flaming river of light uh, is is kind of getting there so yeah sinking down into the body I wonder, are, are you in your body right now? Are you listening from your cervello, from your brain or your front lobe consciousness or are you sinking down into your body? Um, I've been talking from my, my brain a little just now and I'm, I'm feeling like it might be right to sink down into the body and ask the body to inform and to allow the body to speak more. Um, often when I'm doing my podcast, I start, um, with like tumbling ideas tumbling out 
and then uh, then I, I get more like in in tune with what I'm saying and I also start to get a feeling in my in my whole being of something reverberating and coming to clarity and part of me or all of me calls that into being and allows it to come through me and I, I'm feeling that sense of um sometimes I can see it visually sometimes I close my eyes sometimes I'm in the water when I'm in my bath or just now with the blankets over me the lovely warm blankets over me in my lovely cool chapel bedroom in my medieval quarter home the one of the gateways to the medieval quarter yeah sometimes visually things start to sort of thrum and reverberate and I know that something is coming through like I can feel it coming through me coming into the screen of the microphone I can feel the the softening and buzzing of it and um, just as I'm saying that the the sun has come out for the first time today that's really nice affirmation um so yeah I'm going to speak to that because that's a really a really beautiful aspect of what I'm actually trying to get to here which again it's esoteric stuff it's mastery it's what we should and can be and yet to speak it um the words can be spoken from absolute truth and from sacred union and yet they can arrive in the ear through a filter of tension or a filter of structures or or of limitation and I ask that if it's possible for I, I don't usually say this in podcasts like give direct um, guidance or order as it were but um, I sense that it's, it might be most conducive to the transmission to be in a quiet place and allow this which you possibly already are uh, being a wise, a wise soul that you are um, just but just letting this transmission come through is the purity of what it is the vibration of the the deeper realm of the voice and what's coming through from my body um, from my body as sacred vessel as holy grail as all of our bodies are and how um, our body like a tuning fork um, transmitting absolute love I ask that if there's any part of you that isn't agreeing with that or doesn't believe that or feels that as a limitation maybe to just let that go um, even if it's just temporarily just for this moment and I'll see if I can't transmit some some truth about what there is available to us in this every moment what there is inside of us that is infinite bliss and ecstasy that is meant to be our that is actually is not meant to be but is our natural state the meant to be is really just all of the construct getting in the way that's stopping it from being what it actually is i'm aware i'm i'm aware that it's very easy to get defensive around that and say but I have to live in the real world yes you do but you and I we we is I am we are 
infinite bliss and that's just the fact <laughs> that's, um, that's what we have access to in every infinite microsecond of our existence we have access to that so are are we are we sinking into that right now or are we not and in the next moment or another moment or a moment in another dimension are we sinking into that reality or are we not um i know in my own experience of the physicality of sexual union in my life i the fact that i i've had a lot of bliss but very little in a time space continuum very little stabilized blissful transcendent union with all of consciousness that that's quite a big thing <laughs> and i've had glimpses of it but it's been very elusive because because and the because word i can feel you know it's like a clause in a in a contract and i can feel the contract kicking in i know exactly what it is i know what the difference between these things is the the clause the because is how my body has been punished in this life punished for existing punished for being free punished for experiencing pleasure how hands have been held over my mouth how my belly has clenched how my pelvis is clenched my vagina is clenched because of language being used around me i know that all of those things have to be let go and beautifully sacredly and happily i know that those things can be let go through physical union through the the light filled symbiotic connectedness of self as whole as one but not as an individual um not as a limited egoic being i know that the the union and, and oneness beyond oneness <clears throat> can come through that state even the peak orgasm state but it can only come from that as a as a step in the direction so again coming back to like my practical experience of self pleasure of union with another physical being with a partner and of being with my my soul twin flame which again i'm using these terms not as contraction into what other people's concepts of these words are i'm using them as words that speak to the divine oneness of all oneness with all oneness um that is our zygote right <laughs> our conception right it's our conception reality it's not our birth right it's our conception reality it's simply what we are what we is what we am what i am what we are what you are um and everything that we're doing no matter whether we're cutting ourselves or using a dildo or <laughs> a vibrator or 
being whipped or being tied up or being penetrated in a way that's painful to us or closing our throat, closing our mouth because we don't want to be heard and we're afraid that neighbours might hear or we're afraid somebody close to us might hear. Whatever the entanglement is, it's always a step towards divine union, always. Um, if we're moving in that direction. As I said before, it can, it can equally be a step into, like a step backwards. If we're going into it with closed mind, body and spirit, rather than open mind, body and spirit, with closed energy, with contracting energy and being led by that contraction, and unfortunately, most of us are, are so deeply conditioned in pain and torture that it's very natural for whatever happens around our peak orgasm and whatever that peak orgasm, however large or small that thing is for us or, or, or even whether or not orgasm is even present in your life. Um, orgasm is a, such a huge umbrella term, usually used in a very limited way to mean a peak orgasm like a squirt of sperm or a woman coming or a woman having some kind of um, petit mort, little death or letting go or crying out or orgasmic reflex in either localised just in her pelvis or just in her clitoris or just in her cervix or just in her vagina or womb or as I'm trying to describe something far, far greater and more all-changing, more universe reverberating than that, something much more reverberating. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah, it gets, kind of feel that I should be communicating this through cries from the the pelvis up through my throat instead of the words because they don't describe it very well <laughs> so again coming round again to um what I'm trying to trying to speak to here endeavoring to speak to yeah um <clears throat> all pleasure in the body is our body our mind and our spirit trying to come back into being and trying to release the conditioning that has been imposed on us in order to limit us, in order to make us believe that we need to be herded, surveilled and controlled and checked and snipped at and jib-jabbed and so on. Um, ultimately, the... All of that stuff, all of that jib-jabbing and snipping and herding and surveilling could always be there. I, I, I don't really believe it will always be there, but it kind of will be there as long as we need it to be in, before we recognise or we already know it. Part of us already knows it. Not part of us. All of us already knows it, but part of us is trying to numb other aspects of us and and separate ourselves from ourselves in order to prove 
that life is hard and difficult, which is really easy, self-fulfilling prophecy. It's really easy to prove that. It's really easy to suffer and to keep suffering and to keep proving that you can suffer because you choose to suffer. Like that's really easy. That's the easy way. Um, but the more difficult thing is to recognize that actually suffering is a choice and pain is a choice and the tension of orgasm is a choice and that in in our orgasm, in our sexual union, we can even be working frictionally and rigidly and tightly and achieve a very tense orgasm that will then lead to a, a very deep um, downwards dip of energy or alertness or so on. Um, like the many, many orgasms that we have in our life or the many lacks of orgasm that we have in our life, we will have lots of different kinds of orgasm. Um, and everyone should be completely unique, possibly more, that might be more so for women than it is for men. And certainly it will be more so for anyone, yin yang or yin yang, yin or yang or yin yang, or yang yin, it will be, the, the more we travel into presence and full presence and sentience in the movement towards orgasm or the movement beyond orgasm and into instead rising bliss and rising bliss and rising bliss and expanding bliss. If we simply go in the direction of knowing that there's something bigger and that we are moving towards it, then we will move into something bigger and beyond. Like we'll keep moving bigger and beyond. And as I've mentioned before, um, in my earlier podcasts if there's one thing that I know it's that my consciousness has expanded through my sexual expansion and my conscious has expanded through the healing expansiveness of orgasmic bliss as a state of being through connection with core and cervix and womb and vagina and clitoris and whole pelvic union without, you know, I don't want to use those labels because those labels are parts of, are turning the body into parts and separating the union of those thing, things, which are not things, which are simply a whole. The words and the labels limit a thing just by labeling a thing, as I've said many times before, when a, a disease, a dis-ease is labelled, it literally takes years off a person's life. It literally means that a person will die that much quicker, especially if the certain labels are used like cancer or whatever, psychosis or uh, mental health. These rigid, rigid labels, especially labels around illness, are like magic spells that are very dark spells that will ef effectively um, fix us in that place, fix us with language into believing in that thing and taking on board the whole cultural 
weight of the thing which is very hard to remove from oneself once that the weight of that cultural um you know the world on our shoulders it's very hard to remove that and similarly even labeling the body even working doing really supposedly healthy spiritual work and workshops and online courses and listening to sex gurus and celebrities and so on around or any authority any guidance other than you speaking about your own experience even me here telling you to think this way or or imagine this um using the language of parts is is essentially making a thing into parts whereas recognizing that the energy flows when we feel one and that's one of the things that sacred union whether it's with ourself or with a partner either way it's going to be focused at our core which is wherever the center of our being our awareness is but it might be down in near our navel behind our navel where our our bliss arrives when we're stimulated sexually by penetration for a woman um it might be down in the the base of the spine in the man and might be behind his stomach or his heart or his navel too um but really when we feel it we don't feel it as like a little tingling seed in a place um the energy moving outwards from the center is just the energy moving outwards from the center for me it feels like energy moving up and it feels like consciousness moving down and it happens simultaneously and there's such a perfection of it happening that it's it's very hard to say you know it's not something that can be directed or it's certainly not something that the physical technique or a mechanical placing of a thumb here or a finger there or a penis here or a vagina there is is not going to bring about that state just because you put that physical thing next to that physical thing ultimately it's about consciousness and how wide our consciousness consciousness can sit to me that has been my experience that when i'm in my most blissful state and talking like this talking about the blissful state brings about a blissful state when i'm in a blissful state there's like there's a seed of energy but the seed of energy and i could say it is my cervix and i i often do talk in that way but equally it's every part of the body thrumming at once and that the brief glimpses i've had of absolute union with an other with a very special other in a twin flame again that that phrase doesn't work well for me because it, it there seem too many conditions attached to it and the reality of knowing twin flame is something that i've had glimpses of through spiritual sacred physical union which is not physical union it's the the melding of paths the working together beyond everything that keeps us in friction it, it's the allowing somehow who knows how it happens the allowing of the masculine and the feminine to work symbiotically together and then the reaching of a point where 
the frictional mechanics of the sex are are just completely irrelevant and they almost disappear and the bodies almost work as a perfect machinery as it were together without any separation that's sort of part of how I can describe what I'm saying and the feeling of two bodies genuinely becoming one but not just through a peak orgasm through something much greater than a peak orgasm which is like an orgasm that's leveling up and up and up but isn't limited to a place like limited to the point of penetration where the head of the penis is touching the cervix and not just touching any cervix touching an enervated uh, an awakened cervix um it's not even about ripples or waves of pleasure or energy it's about the ego being blasted open and the the body mind spirit being blasted open and not even feeling a body anymore but feeling an absolute knowing of blissful oneness not just with the other but with all things like with everything feeling an extending of self out into the universe but not out also in not out there like from the surface of Gaia Sophia planet earth up and out into the sky into the stars as it were but uh radiating in all directions and um if you're really interested in researching into this, I, I so recommend looking into the orgasmic birth movement and the natural birth movement and women's testimonials of their the experience of the, the orgasmic reflex during birth. That is a really, really powerful um well testament, testimony to what our the state of bliss that we're meant to be entering into the world into to begin with, which arguably should be our our state of living, should be our state of life. Um, certainly, if all the disruptive structures that are in place that are normalized, all the destructive destructive interferences and uncreative um, limitations and the slavery and so on, if that wasn't in place then why would we not come from an orgasmic birth into an orgasmic life? That's the question, like, why aren't we doing that? And the answer is we are actually doing that. But then we're contracting and lots of us are going into hospitals to give birth and being interfered with and not having orgasmic or natural births and having enormous problems during the birth process. And... um. Yeah, coming back to the, the union of divine souls that certainly in my own experience, I know that the things that have hindered me from going into this accumulative blissful state and then retaining that blissful state, which lots of women talk about, um, the book Vagina by Naomi Wolf is another good one where there's some, just alluded to it in quite subtle ways but there there's a lot more literature out there just now if you look into it 
a lot of books being written by women just now about the blissful state and about how multiple orgasmic state or an orgasm staying with one where things are just sort of shining brighter or life feels beautiful for days after orgasming or having that union, um, I would really recommend immersing oneself in these kind of stories because knowing that that much bliss exists in the world, knowing that women have had these divine spiritual experiences during birth, giving birth, um, like if that is the potential, then why shouldn't that be the reality? Why would we choose the other reality? If that is our natural state, because it's a state that comes effortlessly, it's not, yes, it's a state we have to do work around. We have to de-armor our cervix, certainly. And we have to stop going to the gynecologist and having them scrape fucking cells off our cervix every six months or whatever the story is currently. Um, We have to know the authority and the sovereignty of our own health and our ability to heal ourselves by being connected with core and womb. But if we're... If we're going in that direction, if we're doing the work, it's not the <laughs> what I'm trying to explain is that the the blissful state doesn't come because we're doing hard work. It's coming because we're removing the obstacles that have been placed there, which have been wrongly placed there. Um, if if you get the difference, and so like we're peeling away away layers rather than like you have to do this hard work in order to get to the thing, like you have to dig the earth and it's really hard, and you have to turn the earth over and it's back breaking and you end up with a sore back and your bones are aching at the end of the day and you lie down and you're exhausted. It's not that kind of work. The work is mostly about letting go and about softening, and at worst. It's about applying a little bit of pressure here, like using a, for example, a glass wand that I use to de-armor the cervix, to de-armor the vagina and cervix, to press gently, very gently, breathe into where the tension is, and then release the tension. We might release it even through words, telling ourselves to release, let go, relax, soften, widen, deepen lengthen we might speak to every cell in our body and we might have to repeatedly speak to every cell in our body to tell it that but the more we do that the more we get into a practice of speaking to body and knowing that that is the natural state the more the natural state will be um, it, it's not that it's not a state that we're grasping and pushing into place. It's a state that we're letting go of the things that are stopping us from being that in that state. That state is continuously there. It's always there. It's always accessible. It's always ready for us. It's always waiting. It's always um. It's an infinite wealth, which is just is. And yes, it's 
it feels hard for me to describe easily in words what the difference is between grasping at a thing and allowing thing a thing to just be in itself. But I know that as a woman, the more space I've given myself, like long, long baths, you know, an hour or two hour long baths in rose petals and salts, natural salts and essential oils and incense burning and candles burning, letting, allowing the body to come into that natural state makes it easier when I'm walking around for the rest of the day to be in a naturally blissful state. It's coming, yes, through the work of heating the water and paying the electricity and finding the salts and paying for the salts and finding the oils and paying for the oils and so on, harvesting the rose petals for free from my rose plants. It's it's coming through that effort, but also the actual, what's really happening once I get in the bath is the letting go. It's the pleasureful letting go. It's the letting go of tense muscles. It's the letting go of rigidity in the body. It's a sinking down into the body that can only come when I fully accept whatever state my body is in right now. And then it's the subsequent, once I've done that, once I've rested down into my body, accepted my state, felt whatever it is that wants to be felt and released my seeing it as limitation, then everything flows. And I'm aware that all the layers of trauma that we have from gynecological interference, doctors, folk poking about in us, especially inside us as women, um, all the abuse that we might have suffered, and even if we haven't suffered physically penetrative abuse, as many, many, many of us have suffered, as was normalised, 50 years ago, 40 years ago, 30 years ago, is still normalised and ignored in many, many situations in life. Um, if we hadn't been hooked in through our pelvis and through shaming and through smacking on the bum or shaming around our sex or separation of our, section, our, our sexuality and pressing down of it, if none of this had happened, we wouldn't have to do this work. And the work hasn't really worked. This is the thing I'm, I know I'm getting a wee bit repetitive here, but but the, the nature of the work um, might be to have to face the feeling of that, that we've, we've created a charge or, or a numbing around. It might be having to face something that we don't, didn't want to face at the time. It might be breathing into a part of our body that is so, seems impossible to breathe into. Feels like, for myself, I felt, even if I breathed into my stomach and my belly um, when I was in my mid-twenties, I felt that if I breathed into it, something would literally break, like I would almost snap into or something. I, I couldn't really... I certainly couldn't verbalise the feeling at the time, but I can, in retrospect, I can feel that it was, it was literally, I was breathing just into the top of my chest. And the sense of just breathing into my stomach, which is quite high up, I've got extra intestines, 
um, just breathing into my stomach would have been, uh, it, it felt like I would self-destruct. Similarly, some of the work I've done on cervix with a JDEG and strengthening the vaginal walls with JDEG weightlifting and with pulling a string in the JDEG and clenching. Um, some of the work I've done around that with a, a glass wand pressing up beside and almost behind the cervix has been incredibly, incredibly challenging at times. Some of the sexual relationships I've had have been incredibly difficult um, emotionally and psychologically where I've completely detached from my body whilst I'm in physical union with another because I'm getting, if not something as literal as a flashback, but I'm getting a sense of being penetrated in a way that's completely wrong, like completely wrong, the wrong person the wrong time, there just a feeling of wrongness about it that is like this shouldn't be happening. And yet I'm supposedly on the surface of it in love with this person and making love with them, but it didn't feel like making love. And I've been certainly been with at least a couple of partners who the the touching, the penetration, the connection has felt like something that is contaminating and love isn't being trans transmitted through them it's felt like again the wrong time the wrong touch the grating or like cutting rather than softening and again it's hard to it's hard to speak to that as like that that's a good thing it certainly didn't feel good at the time and it certainly wasn't great and yet it was a very necessary thing to feel because that wasn't the right person for me and that feeling of being of the the bad friction rather than the good friction shall we say that absolutely helped me to understand comprehend that the body just speaks the truth. The, the body will sometimes be speaking to something old that wants to be expressed that wasn't expressed originally, but that will have a very different feel to it than the feeling of being with the wrong person. And the other side of that coin, as it were, the other side of that reality, as it were, is that the, the bliss when it's expansive and when it's whole and it's coupled with full body, mind, spirit, sentience and beyond body, mind, spirit, sentience, that's when all healing can occur and there is no physical pain and there is no limitation in the body. And the positive friction as it were which isn't really friction it's more activation and our ability to allow that to expand more and more without having to peak and drop off or 
explode <laughs> or have the little death, as it's called, of or of of limited orgasm. Um. Yeah, I I really I know I think and I know, um, I holistically think and I. Oh, that's so beautiful. It just turned to one hour there, one zero 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 zero, when I was saying that. I know the, that that is the way. I know that there is consciousness in that and that is one of the great secrets that's hidden behind pornography, friction, censorship, <laughs> um, the hiding of the true female body in particular and the projection through mainstream of the airbrushed body and the perfect body and even the cyborg body, um, the body that's been interfered with through surgery and silicon and medication. So it isn't really a natural body anymore and it certainly doesn't have the sentience. Um, and we're, we're made to feel like um, magazines showing us these perfect bodies, made to feel like our own body is inept and flawed, like hugely flawed, like terribly flawed. How can our body be anything other than flawed when there's this perfect, elongated, small-breasted, tiny-hipped, man-like woman with a perfect face and glorious makeup and cat eyes and glossy hair? peering at us from every web page and <laughs> magazine page that we look at and adverts on TV and so on. How can we not be glamorised by that and be all eyes popping open, wanting that? And of course, um, that external stuff has nothing to do with the blissful state. The we might access a superficial temporary pleasure making love with a model or a really handsome guy or um, being mechanically brought to peak orgasm but the, the truth of our natural state which isn't just a physical body enjoying itself or enjoying itself with someone else, the reality of our blissful state is something that extends so far beyond the private, so far beyond the physical body, that we will feel not just in a state of several days afterwards we'll feel well and feel like things are in harmony, we'll get up from wherever we were being pleasured or pleasuring ourselves or the hot bath and the beautiful bath that's cooled down that we've been lying in for a couple of hours with the rose petals. And we'll come away from de-armoring ourselves or steaming, pelvic steaming or whatever activity is bringing us into a state of bliss. And we will that bliss, bliss will extend out, but it, it won't extend out like in a linear fashion. It'll extend out in a... a in all directions at once and our symbiotic relationship with all things will be hugely improved effectively 
you know, speaking about it in mechanical terms, as it were. Um, I feel this this is so important. It's so important, like the difference between that and and the difference in getting out of bed after we've had sex with somebody. That's just such a different thing. Um, the difference in being in union um, and the man leaving a puddle in the bed and the woman leaving a puddle in the bed and both bodies feeling a wee bit frictioned out at the end of it and going for a shower afterwards, like the difference between that and the difference between staying in union for a long time and spending days in bed and spending hours in physical union or no matter what the amount of time of, you know, the idea of a, an orgasm being able to be measured, um, the more blissful a state we get into, the, the more irrelevant that measuring <clears throat> can be because the there isn't a beginning and an end and also the state of blissful awakeness in each day, in each day, will naturally be so much more augmented, so much more bright and colourful, deep and meaningful, fulfilling and satisfying. The everyday be becomes so augmented with this bliss that that day on day we move further away from contraction and pain <clears throat> and even from disease or ageing, even from um, war, even from war, especially from war, we move further and further away from it and more into co-creating the state of the world that actually should be. And that can only come from releasing all the codependency, all the contractions, all the peak orgasms and moving into the mastery of the whole body, mind, spirit, not being able to be separated when we're in love and creating love and co-creating love and making love. And again, the whether we're with a partner or with self, like that's complete. It, it's genuinely completely irrelevant, and you'll know that. Like we will know that. We know that when we're in our natural state. The natural state. Again, the uh, the word natural, is is often used as about the outside world, about nature outside the house, outside our body, um, outside of our minds, something separate and over there, you know, the green stuff the animals, the birds, the insects and such like, the wind, the elements. But we are nature and just recognising that and seeing nature, you know, seeing that word not as a contract of the word, but the liberation of the world, word, the freeing of the word, us in our, our true nature and our blissful nature. Um, yeah, they're just words and they might be words that might be used to seem like we're talking about a holy grail, something unattainable and far away and exotic and special and expensive and um, only special crusaders are going to find it through following really hard to decipher signs. <laughs> Very masculine idea about stuff. Um, but equally, um, it's already um, 
It is our nature, therefore it's inalienable. And we might think it's, we've been alienated from it, separated from it. Um, but even that, it's just like a trick of, like a trick of the cards, a trick of cups, like a trick of the light. It's like a, a trick of the mind, really. It's just brainwashing. It's okay. It'll, it'll fall away eventually. The brainwashing eventually washes out or loses effect. And um, yeah, it loses effect the, the, the more we simply, if not worship bliss, but we simply seek bliss, but know it to be us, know that we are already it. If we let go into it from the centre of, center of our being, which isn't really a centre, it really is the whole of our being. Um, because when we are free and sovereign in the universe, like, where is the centre? It's inside of us, but it's not a small thing, a seed inside of us. It's not a small localised geographical area. It extends right out. Therefore, we're the centre of the universe, but we are also the whole universe. Um, and that in itself if I if I just let this neatly round up there <clears throat> that in itself is is probably the best metaphor um for what this what sex really is what union really is what making love really is it's really about the bigness of what we are like if we are following the bigness of what we are in in relationship in union with self, in union with the universe, in universe union with all things, in blissful union with all things, then we'll always, we'll get there. We'll move more into it if we can recognise that there is this greatness about us and that ultimately we separated so that we can know this greatness better, so that we could appreciate it more, then I think, I think we're going in the right direction. So, mm, all bliss to you. If you are really interested in these ideas, you might love connecting with my website um, or my Patreon, Claire Galloway on Patreon, Claire without an I. <laughs> if you'd like to have a one-on-one -on -one with me, there's various ways I connect with others, including the co-creation sessions every Wednesday, Rome, Italy time, 11am in the morning and 4pm in the afternoon. We get together and paint, sew, crochet, sing, <laughs> whatever you'd like to come and create alongside us. It's a really special group talking about the state of the world and how we're making it a better state. If you'd like to have a one-on-one -on -one with me, do reach out. I work mostly in gift, but I'm also open to multifarious ways, infinite ways of gifting and also of transacting. Um, yeah, if you've enjoyed this, do sign up for the podcast or newsletters or whatever. Connect with me on hive.blog, see my connect page, look up womenartsex.com or clairegalloway.com and do reach out if this conversation is really interesting and, and you're dying to respond do reach out and I'm always here to support healing expansion deepening widening and softening 
um, mastery of the art of life and liberation into sovereignty. So, yeah, just reach out if you, you feel like you, you might want to go in that direction, eh? Blessings and love to you. I love you. Ciao.